Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hello, everybody out there in podcast world. It's just me today. We're not going to have a hi, Ali, hi, Michelle, like we normally do. But I feel super lucky and privileged and excited uh, to talk to Seema Parekh, who is the executive director. Yes, executive director of 48 and 48, uh, which is something you might have heard of. They hold three to four events each year where teams of volunteers actually build websites for 48 nonprofits over the span of a weekend, which is incredibly cool. Um, and yeah, I'm chatting with Seema today and I'll let, you, I'll let her introduce herself a little bit more and um, tell us all a little bit more about what 48 and 48 does and is and why. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. Um, again, yes, Seema Parekh. I'm the Executive Director of 4848. I've been with the organization for about eight years, serving in different roles. I am super excited to share my what I call my best data with you, which is eight years of 4848, 29 events completed, and 1,259 nonprofits served which wow. equates to about a $31 million give back or savings for the nonprofit because of the free websites that they get from our volunteers. That's so incredible. That is, those are some pretty amazing numbers to hear. That's, that's like almost beyond what was, I'm sorry. What, so what was the number you said of, of the number of nonprofits served? 1,259. 1,259. Like that's almost, I can't wrap my mind around how many, not only how many organizations that is, but how many then like, you know, the the domino effect of how many people are then helped and served by those nonprofits and, you know, that sort of a thing. So that's really, really incredible. Yeah. 7,000 volunteers, almost 7,000 volunteers to make that happen. Mm -hmm. um, so we are a small nonprofit but small, but mighty. Mm -hmm. And I think every time I speak about our nonprofit, a lot of times they're like, we never heard of 4848 before. What do you do? We build 48 websites in 48 hours. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Why? It's our way of giving back to the community. It's our way of taking these skilled volunteers from marketing and digital technology, digital marketing and technology, basically, and um, putting their skills to use for a nonprofit that otherwise couldn't afford a fantastic, beautiful, um, professional website, right? Right. That's basically what we're giving them back. And the success stories for me are, like you mentioned, the ripple effect of more people being able to find a nonprofit that does something because they have a really good website and they're, they've got good SEO and, and they can be found in a search simply. Or the the big the biggest I think um, satisfaction comes from hearing that because we built this website that charity now has been able to apply for grants that they mm -hmm. previously wouldn't apply apply for and now they have more funding to then put towards their mission and their cause so um, every single time I hear one of those stories it makes me want to come back and do this again and again. Um, I started off as a volunteer and now, uh, you know, here we are eight years later and I'm running the thing. So it's, it's very, um, it, it's addictive. I say it's very addictive. Yeah. 
that's so cool that you started as a volunteer and now you are the executive director of the organization. When you started as a volunteer, uh, what role did you take on? Were you writing code? Were you doing marketing? What were you doing in that capacity? None of the above. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was working um, as the director of project management at a agency in Atlanta. And the owner of the agency came to me and said, Seema, we've invested in this um, program. It's a nonprofit and they're going to build websites. And since that's what you do, since you know about that stuff, because my background is in all um, in program and project management, web portal development, anything that was tech that way. So um, she goes, just go figure that out. All right. I'm a problem solver. So I'm like, oh, I can figure this out. This is not a problem. Um, we had all of the skill sets that we needed. We need five skill sets to build the team from a project manager, designer, developer, or I should say WordPress designer, um, graphic artist, content person, and then a digital marketer. Like those are the skills you need to build a website. All the websites are built in WordPress and in Beaver Builder. So we've locked mm -hmm. down our platform. And since we've been doing this for eight years, and we've been doing this for 29 events. We know what it takes to get from A to Z from Friday to Sunday, right? Because mm -hmm. all the events start on a Friday and end. Um, so when I first was asked to do this, it was literally just organizing groups from my company to go do this. Mm -hmm. So they went and they did this. They came back and they said, this is such a fantastic opportunity. The only problem is... Um, they can't replicate this un unless you help them put a program and strategy together, which is also one of my core skill sets. So then um, the co-founders of the organization reached out to me and said, Seema, could you come do this for us? Could you build us a program? Could you build a strategy for us that we can then do this again? So that's sort of how I started with the organization. Volunteering mm -hmm. myself. First, I volunteered the others, my teams. And then I came back and I built to that. So that's sort of my claim to fame with came to claim to fame <laughs> with the organization. And um, from then on, it was like, so I've built the plan. Let me execute it for you. So then I executed it for an event that we did in Atlanta and another one that we did in New York. And from then on, it was other volunteers that we brought in to take on all the roles that I'd identified, the timelines and everything. And it has grown from there. Um, so back in 2015, when we started, it was one event in one city. And then by 2019, we were doing 11 events. And one of those events was in England, in London. So we had started to go global. We crossed the pond and um, more volunteers were um, interested. And then the question always was, when are you coming to my city to mm. do the event, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it was always about sponsorship because we ourselves are a nonprofit. So if we're sponsored and we have the funding and to do host this type of event, facilitate it, then we can go to another city, find a partner and, and carry on. So um, we were able to find that partner in London and that was Cisco at that time and IBM and we're able to have successful events. Then all of a sudden um, it was like shut down because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, we had to pivot. So we pivoted to a completely virtual event. And because what we do was completely online anyway, so it was like, well, this is relatively easy because again, my background is in technology enough to be dangerous to know that we can do this. Mm -hmm. So we pivoted to a complete virtual and now we've pivoted again to hybrid, which is opened up our program 
to everybody. So now I don't have to come to your city anymore. Mm-hmm. You can join virtually for any one of our events. And instead of doing city events, we do what we call initiative-based events, mm-hmm. where in March, or just earlier this year, at the end of March, we did a women's event. The goal of the women's event is to showcase the talent of women, the skills of women. And that means that every build team is made of a, made up of five women. That event was so successful this year. And it was our third year doing the women's event. We built 55 websites in that 48 hours. Mm, wow. And these women were from all over, right? They're from all over the US and then continue to into Europe and to India, to Africa, all the way to Australia. So it's amazing how word of mouth has helped us spread across. And again, you know, just to be able to say this is an all girl event, it's an all women event. So women, those who identify as women, please come join us, share your skills, give back to your community. Right. The second event we've got coming up here in June, at the end of June, June 23rd, is a social justice event. Here we're focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. So we'll be focused more so on those charities that serve mm-hmm. that partic- those particular missions. Anyone can come build. And it is a hybrid event. So you can sign up online or you can meet us in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Um, we will have a, a hybrid component there. And then our last event for the year will be a global event. And the global event particularly is it's any type of nonprofit anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and any volunteer anywhere in the world. So you can imagine there's a lot more to plan when you're global in that manner. Mm-hmm. It's the only event that we actually advertise as global, but we have volunteers from everywhere, every event. Um, I think our last count for the women's event was that 27 countries was, were, no, I'm sorry, 22 countries were represented at the women's event. Previous global event was 27 countries. Mm-hmm. So Um, what's great about our events is that it's open to everybody. And if you're skilled in this type of work, then come join us. If you want to learn more in this area, come join us. Um, we, we offer quite a bit because what we do want to do is we want to make sure that it's an equal up for everybody, right? Either you decide to volunteer by yourself or you're like with a team and you want to learn and you've got some experts, you've got some novices. It's okay. It, it kind of works for everybody. I'm really curious um, because this is a topic that we discuss in the WordPress community around our events and our, our community constantly is um, how we can bring people together and prioritize diversity in that way. Um and so I'm I'm very curious about sort of the selection processes for not only for the nonprofits that you might work with, and the possibility of like having to say no to one pro- one nonprofit who might want to participate over you know choosing somebody else, um, as well as the process for actually choosing the volunteers uh, to work on these projects. Because I imagine that if you have um, you know X number of projects and you have X number of people working on each project, you might have a situation where, I mean, I would love, I would love to hope that you would have a situation where you have too many volunteers, and you might have to turn some people away. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious about how you might have approached a challenge like that, um, of keeping those teams and those environments diverse, while also having to potentially say no to people. 
So that's, um, you know, saying no to anybody is always really hard. Saying no to a volunteer is hard. Saying no to a nonprofit is also hard. But what we try to do is we focus on, well, what's the initiative here? What's our purpose for this particular event? So for the women's event, for example, there were men who are like, I want to join a build team. I'm like, that's really great. I'd like to reserve you for an alternate role, an ally role. So, um, but I can't have you on the build team because this is a women's event. Mm-hmm. Um, some actually were really quite upset. Yeah. But when you explain that the purpose of the women's event is to showcase the talent of women, and if they and if you're there, then we're you know you're taken away from them, right? And so the conversation helps. And I don't think anybody wants to take anything away. It was just people who are interested in going, well, I support women too. Can I help? And there are, there are ancillary roles that we keep for anyone else to support. But we really want to say, I want to say this all was done by women. And the only way we can stay true to that is by making sure that if you join one of these teams, you are a woman or you identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Um, when it comes to nonprofits, nonprofits are a difficult um, space in a difficult space themselves. Right. Usually the small nonprofits that we deal with, you know, basic requirements are that they have to have their nonprofit accreditation. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have to be a 501 C3. Mm-hmm. But along with that, you know, if you're making more than a couple of million dollars, you don't need us. If you're mm-hmm. revenue, you know, we're looking for that small one, right? So sometimes we turn those away going, you really can't afford this. And we're going to save this space for someone who can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's like if you're politically affiliated or you're religiously affiliated in mm-hmm. a certain way, then we have to say no to that nonprofit because we are an equal opportunity and inclusive organization, but we're not going to promote or support, you know, any um nonprofit that's prophesizing in that manner, right? So those are clear and usually easy for most people to understand. The problem that you bring up, which is always something that we're juggling, it's like I always feel like we're juggling these balls, right? One is that I've got X number of volunteers and then I have X number of um, nonprofits. Mm. So what happens when those numbers don't quite match? Because in order for me to build 48 websites, I need about 240 some people in each of those five skill sets. It's pretty simple maths, right? If you think about it, one nonprofit needs five. You do the maths, you come out with that number. Um, Sometimes there are teams that will say, well, I can't work the whole weekend, so I'm going to bring another person. Fine. Numbers change, but basically that's what I need. So between 240, 250 people are what we're able to manage. The nonprofits have to complete coursework in order to be in this Mm. program. Mm-hmm. which means they cannot just send us their URL for their current website or their Facebook page and say, please build us a website. Mm-hmm. We ask them to go through a branding questionnaire, a content questionnaire, share Cloudflare information, right? So that we can take your site live, those types of things. And we offer this all for free, but nonprofits are so skeptical. They're like, is it really free? <laughs> like the, all the design and development for your website is completely free the volunteers are giving up their time at the end of this 48 hours the site will be built and then we will launch it and we also launch it with a partner wp energize for free for 30 days mm-hmm. after that you have to pay for hosting which you would have to pay for anyway mm-hmm. whoever you use 
So a lot of times they're like, ah, oh, so that's the catch. And I'm like, it's not really a catch. If you decide to go host with um, whoever your provider is, you just have to take your files and kind of go. And we've got a process for that as well. Um, so sometimes it's really difficult to help that nonprofit understand what the word free we means in our world because they've probably been, you know, heard free a hundred times and then it hasn't really been free, right? right. Um, but then at the same time, if they don't finish the coursework, then we're not going to put you into the program. Mm. Now, some might exactly match our initiative, but they don't finish the coursework. And we'll right. do everything to help them finish. But if they don't, they don't make it in, which means that we will then go first come, first serve for those spots that are available, mm-hmm. right? Because we're trying to keep the volunteers happy because they said they wanted to give up their time. So let's make sure they have a nonprofit to build. And then we want to keep the nonprofits happy saying, you said you would build my website. Where's my not, Where's my volunteer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to constantly balance those two. And I have two staff members that full-time manage the nonprofit life cycle and the volunteer life cycle to mm-hmm. help that match. Um, for volunteers that are interested and if our date has passed, for example, for this upcoming event, June 10th is our registration date. What we do after June 10th is we create a pipeline of people that are on a wait list. Mm-hmm. So as People drop out because this is a volunteer organization. At the end of the day, people do drop out. So we will then go and start picking people from our wait list to fill the blocks from a volunteer perspective. If a nonprofit then decides sooner or later, like they finished their coursework, but now for some reason they're not available that weekend, Mm -hmm. go back in and say, well, which other nonprofit is actually done? And we'll pick from there. So a lot of it is first come, first serve. I I wish we were in a position where we had just tons of nonprofits to pick from all the time. Um, But that's not always the case. I know we've got a couple of hundred nonprofits in our pipeline right now. But unless they finish their part, unless they do their homework, I always say, we can't build you a website. We hope you're learning a lot from the podcast. If you have any questions or need specialized help making your space more diverse, equitable, or inclusive, book a consulting session, audit, or strategy service with us. Just go to underrepresentedintech.com slash services for more information. Back to the show. Which makes so much sense. Like I love that perspective because I've, I, so I've worked with nonprofits in, in various capacities. I've worked with nonprofits building and designing websites for them. I've worked uh, with GiveWP, which is a WordPress plugin company that creates donation, you know, uh, forms and abilities. Um, and I feel like a lot of times if they do hear that something is free, it's almost like charity, right? Like I'm, I'm applying to get this charity, to get this favor. Um, and I love that. I love your perspective because it's more creating a partnership, it sounds like, between what you're doing and what they're doing. And everybody has a responsibility and, and, a, and a part to play. And nobody is, you know, technically nobody is getting anything for free because you do have to put the work in to get what it is that you need. And I think that that creates, that can create a lot of accountability where there might otherwise not be, <laughs> I would imagine. Agreed. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I am. I am curious. You mentioned, you know, having a volunteer life life cycle and a nonprofit life cycle, and I'm kind of curious about that concept. Like, 
on the, the nonprofit side, do you offer anything or do you direct these companies anywhere in terms of continued support or education? Because you and I both know and the majority of the people listening know that a WordPress website is not something that you just launch and forget about, right? You have to continuously update it, the software, you have to be adding content to it. You have to, the website grows as you do. Um, so I'm curious what sort of continued support might be maybe not provided, but recommended by 48 and 48. And I'm curious as well with the, with the volunteers, um, is it a priority for you to bring in new volunteers, every project, like new people to say, okay, you know, John Smith got his, his opportunity to volunteer and got that experience. We want to give Anna an opportunity or does it behoove you to, continuously bring in experienced volunteers who want to keep doing this and who have the experience to have, you know, done it before, which, which one, is there a priority? Do you think about that? Is it just kind of whoever applies, applies? I know that's a really long question across yeah. two different things. <laughs> it's, it's a yes to all, right? Quite honestly, yeah. it's a yes to all. So um, if we, if we want to go down the pipeline of um, volunteers, let's just talk about volunteers first, right? Okay. Volunteers, volunteers can come from anywhere at any point in time we have a solid group of returners, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like we have volunteers that choose, I'm going to do the women's event every year. So every year they'll show up for the women's event. I have some volunteers that will show up at um, every single event for two years solid, and then they'll take a break. So two years could be either, you know, anywhere from six to eight events, depending if we do three or four in, in one particular year. Um, so it's great to have that, knowledge legacy knowledge if you've done an event before and because none of us are perfect at the end of every single event we do lessons learned and we're like what do we do right this time um and then what do we need to work on right and it's just because we're growing we're scaling we're growing and every single year we have new people that join every event and i would say a majority of the people that join are new which is great because um, but then there's always that percentage that's coming back and that percentage is helping with the planning committee. So let's say you just first heard of it and you're a project manager, you came to join the event, you become project manager, and then you're like, this is absolutely fantastic because 40 and 48 events are fantastic. So this is fantastic. You're going to come back next time. The next time you may say, well, what other role can I take? One, to prove myself right, for me to gain more self, more skills. And number two, um, how can I give back in a different way, right? Um, to kind of keep it lively, fun, and different. Um, so you can come in as a project manager, which is you're responsible for one nonprofit and your team. Next event, you, may, you could come back as an event project manager. And we have anywhere between four and six event project managers where they're responsible for eight to 10 teams, mm -hmm. right? And then on top of the event project manager, there's a program director level position. And all of these are volunteers, different role, different skill sets, just gaining at each time, right? So from a project level that. So you can sort of move through the organization in that way. And uh, we're hoping at that point, you're also gaining valuable skill sets that you then take back to your own organization, right? Yeah. These are leadership skills, basically. I love that. 
If you're a, a build volunteer, which is one of the five team members, whether it's the WordPress designer, graphics person, content or digital marketer, you can roll into another role to say, hey, I can manage the group or I can be a coach. Being a coach means that you don't necessarily have to be working on that one website the whole time, but there are two or three teams that you're going to work with and give guidance because you've done this before, right? Mm -hmm. So when people get frustrated because it's like, I don't know what to do, don't worry, we have a playbook. Mm -hmm. After 29 events, we have a playbook, right? Yeah. Like we know, we know where you're going to go and we can give you a high level timeline of when things need to be done. We've got support available entire over the entire weekend, either in person or and virtually to be able to support you. We use Slack. So we have a lot of Slack support channel as well. So they, that's one way that the volunteer themselves can grow and continue to come back. You know, our events are not easy, right? We're not talking about an hour of soup kitchen. We're talking about 48 hours, meaning you're starting on a Friday at six ending on a Sunday, but you do eat and sleep at your own schedules, right? We're not camping out. They're hackathon style in the way that we're kind of hosting this over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're also bringing in speakers. So as the volunteer is giving out their time to build a website, we're bringing in, for example, for the women's event, a women's panel where we have the CTO of Weather Channel, the former CMO from Honey Baked Ham Corporation, and then the um, CMO, CMO from, I'm just sorry, That's the okay. director from Slalom and executive director from the state, um, state Farm also. Um, but we bring in these people very specifically because now these women, these leadership um, women are going to sh share their journey with you. And then maybe that helps you with something that you're dealing with in your own career. Right. So that's our give back to even the women and everyone that volunteers with us, you know, it's all pro bono. No one gets paid. No one gets paid. Not even the speakers. Right. Um, but there are so many absolutely fantastic women and you know people out there that want to give back. And here's a way. Here's a way to kind of give back. Right. Um, next, we and then so then if we move over to the nonprofit side, um, the question about nonprofits specifically was, um, you know, how do we work with the nonprofit? Yes. How do you um, allow them to continue to support and maintain and keep up that website after the after that 48 hours is complete? Yeah. So as we work with the nonprofit, what we do is we're building our website. So the build team meets with their nonprofit on Friday evening. Right. <laughs> they have. Um, they have a set, set side of rules of that they're supposed to follow. So they get that page. They get a homepage to look at on Friday. They give their feedback. Saturday, they come back to look at it when they and give. Uh, and as they're talking to their team, we create an impact lab session for the nonprofits. So for the nonprofits, they can learn WordPress 101, how's mm -hmm. the basics, how to access my site, how to do this. Then we have other people speaking either on SEO or accessibility or general marketing. So that starts that conversation for them and that thought process of like, oh, I think I need to do this. And at the end, what we do is say, look, host somewhere, that's fine. Host with 48 and 48, and we can do one of two things for you. We can help guide you when you're trying to make a change on your website. Or if you don't have the time to do that, 
you can sign up for a package with us where we will make those changes for you, mm-hmm. right? And then we have a nonprofit newsletter that goes out that's always sharing information about here's what's new in the world of have you heard of this, that, or the other, right? Mm-hmm. So we send a newsletter out for nonprofits every other month mm-hmm. um, just so that we can kind of keep them up to up to par. And then if there's something that they need, they can always contact our nonprofit relationship manager, who's more than happy to help them. And then about three years, we reach back out to them and say, Hey, do you need a website refresh? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's a fantastic plan. Um, We're running a little bit low on time. So I definitely want to give you an opportunity to share with everybody listening. I know that the you said the next the social justice event is the deadline for that or when you're beginning to take volunteers is June 10th. The deadline is June 10th. Volunteer registration is already open at 48 and in 48.org. It's already open. You just navigate to events, choose a social justice event and register there and it'll take you through the portal. So June the 10th is the registration for that. And then, you know, our week, ours is a 12-week planning schedule. So if people who are interested in being a part of a planning committee, they meet weekly, um, once a week to kind of make sure logistics and everything are in place. And then at the end of the year, we'll have our global event. And so we're always looking for WordPress skills, design skills, um, content skills, the, you know, project management. Like those are things that we just look for. So I encourage you guys to sign up if that's something that interests you. It's an amazing networking opportunity. The event in October, which is our global event, will be fully hybrid. So we, we will be on site at Cox Enterprises, which is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to having a large group of volunteers there as well. Wonderful. Lovely. And I'll definitely make sure to put in the show notes uh, the direct link to the website um, and to some of your social media as well. So people connect in in various ways. And I mean, you know, while we were talking, I was listening, but I was also looking at the website and like looking at that volunteers form and being like, this is something that I I feel like I would like to do. I mean, the WordPress community can be such a, um, a closed loop in terms of, you know, our event uh, series and our event structure. Um, and I think it's really impactful that for, for people who are listening, who are WordPress professionals to venture outside of WordPress specific events, um, because there's so many other people out there, there's so many other people to help. Um, and I mean, given that this project does rely on WordPress, if you are listening and you are a WordPress professional, you know, all you'll really have to learn, I assume is sort of the way that things are done in that weekend and that structure to set everyone up for success, but you've already got the skills. So, you know, why not, why not give it a shot? Uh, so yeah, I will say a humongous thank you to you Seema for taking some time out of your day to chat with us. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for this amazing work that you do. Love it. Yes. Thank you for the platform. And I look forward to seeing loads of WordPress designers join our group. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you all next week. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.